In a world full of noise and confusion, it's hard to focus on what's really important. In a culture where religion has become a grab bag of ideas, the precision of language is necessary for the proclamation of truth. This podcast is dedicated to that type of precision. I'm not sure what we'll talk about each day in this podcast, but you can rest assured that as our thoughts and questions continue, we will search the scriptures in order to know the truth. So let's get started. Are you listening? This week we're talking about the tongue, the mouth, specifically the words that we use. Now we know that the book of James teaches us to what? Be slow to speak. The proverb says that the mouth can be a fountain of life. Paul says to the church in Ephesus that we should not be critical, but should be encouraging, speaking kindly and tenderly with our words. We show with our words what we truly are in our hearts. If we are building each other up, then that's what we say. If we don't want to build each other up in our hearts, then that's not what we do. We tear each other down. Today, I want to focus on the idea that the tongue is one of the worst weapons in relationships. I mean, think about what James calls it, an evil that is restless, James 3.8. One of the personifications of Satan is that he's the father of what? Lies. We do lying with our mouths. We need to be very careful to pray that God would watch over us and that we would have the wisdom to know when and when not to speak and how and how not to speak. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 that no matter what kind of wisdom we may have or what kind of truth we may have or what kind of worship we may have, if we don't have love, we're just a clanging symbol. Sometimes our mouths get us in trouble, and the noise of our language, the noise of the way we speak to each other can devour relationships, sometimes irreparably. I've counseled numerous couples over the last two decades, and there is never a time where a couple that was not having problems in the marriage had bigger problems in the way they spoke to each other. Even if it wasn't hateful or yelling, sometimes just the smallest snide remark, the smallest thing can indicate a a true revelation of how you feel towards someone. Even if it's not necessarily true, it can definitely be implied and most certainly can be inferred. As I said yesterday, Jesus says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we had the power of life and death, wouldn't we treat it carefully? Proverbs says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. What does that mean? Some people would take that into an extreme position and say, well, we can speak things into being, etc. But that's not the point. The point is, is that if we are not careful, we can murder our relationships. We can hurt our marriages. We can hurt our children. We can hurt our neighbors. We can even hurt our enemies. And most of all, we can hurt our testimony. We can hurt the witness of Jesus Christ by what we say. What does it take to ruin a relationship? Words are sort of like rocks. When we throw them, we can't get them back. We cannot stop in midair the projectile that we've released from our hands. We cannot put those words back into our mouth and erase the history of those words hitting the ears of someone else. There has never been a time more devastating then when we realize what we've said with our mouth has been really not true, but we've just said it in such a way because we wanted to point a verbal dagger at someone who's hurt us. We wanted to get an edge up on them, no pun intended, so that they would see just how we felt. And in the end, usually this type of circumstance boils down to this long, dragged out, an emotional roller coaster, a, a very deep discussion, and then prayerfully it can come to a position where everybody is reconciled at the end. But oftentimes that is not the case. 
Think about the calamities of this world, like war and divorce and murder. Can't those be started because of the words that we use? Can't relationships be hindered because of the words that we use? Friends, there is a great need for Christians to understand the biblical point of view when it comes to how we speak. And speech is not always what we do with our mouth, because our mouth in these days can be on paper, it can be by letter, it can be by text message, it can be by social media. There are a lot of ways in which we communicate. But we need to be careful that we mind these things, that we put these things in the right perspective, that we ask ourselves, is what we're saying and why we're saying it really honoring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're all going to make mistakes with our mouth, especially if we speak too much or too often. We'll talk about that later in the week. But when we do, we need to be quick to repent that our mind will be changed because we recognize that when we say things that are ungodly or we say things rudely, we need to correct them quickly. And when we do so, we are always uncertain as to whether or not the recipient of our ill-placed words are going to be receptive to our repentance. And sometimes they do not offer an immediate forgiveness, but we must continue in that, and we must continue to just trust that the Lord will bring reconciliation when we are even the ones who've caused the division. Let's be real, though, for a moment. Every person that exists in the world and ever will exist or ever has existed has the potential of using their mouth or using their words in a negative way, being destructive to relationships around them. Why? Because we're all fallen people. We all have a sin nature, and we're all selfish intrinsically if we're honest with ourselves. Without the powerful work of the Holy Spirit, these things would never change. Yes, even those nice and sweet people who may not be ill-worded or a little overly rude can still say things that are passive and aggressive and harmful to a relationship. We need to recognize that when we speak and lash out with our words, a lot of times it's because someone else has hurt us or even said things to us that cause us to want to speak in return in like manner. But the scripture tells us not to return revile with revile. As a matter of fact, Peter writes that Jesus did not return revile when he was reviled, but he entrusted himself to the one who was, what, just. So let us trust in the Lord. Let us believe that God the Father is our defender. We do not have to use our mouth to get our way. We do not have to use our mouth to fight our battles. We do not have to use our mouths to defend ourselves in such a way that we become then the offender instead of the offended. We should not do things and say things in such a way that we would be slanderous, that we would lie. There's a lot of reasons that our mouth gets us in trouble. And so when it comes to trying to be wise, I really believe that it's boils down to discipline, and it also boils down to what we practice. Back when I was in music school, I heard the adage that practice makes perfect. And then one of my instructors told me, practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect, but practice makes permanent. One of the reasons that we have such problems with how we speak, and we're always getting in trouble with our mouths, is because we practice poor mouth management. We just let our mouths run along as it wants to because we enjoy the outcome of our speech. Friends, this is not very applicable in so many ways, but in some ways, it's something we all need to think about. Not all of us need to hear this because we're guilty of it, but we all need to be mindful because our mouth should be a mouth of praise, not a mouth of cursing. Our words should be building up and not tearing down. 
We should encourage each other. And even when we have to rebuke and correct, we should do it with love. Now, friends, think about this in the context of so many things that you hear and so many things that you say on a daily basis. So by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, let's pray that we would keep our tongues from evil.